Coming to you from Las Vegas, this is the Bar Stars Happy Hour, a show for bar people by bar people. We'll get to know different bar stars from around the globe and serve up tips, tricks, and the untold tales of the industry. So whether you sling drinks in a bar or just enjoy a round or two, join us for happy hour, because this pod's for you. Welcome into the Bar Stars Happy Hour. My name is Tom. And I'm Jackie. And this is episode number 16. We're getting up there. Yay. We want to do a shout out. We got a really good show for you today. We are reaching across country to West Palm Beach, Florida, and I think it's going to be a really good interview. Yeah, so excited about this one. I love meeting people and talking to people from outside of Vegas because you get just such a different perspective on things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially now with COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. It's going to be pretty cool to hear um, how he has gotten through everything and uh, what they're doing now. But first... Yeah, let's uh, check out some of the reviews. It's so cool to read these reviews here. Um, This is from... Well, I can't even pronounce that, but it's such a good review. I'm going to read it anyway. (laughs) I've never worked in the food and drink industry before, so I had no idea what I was getting into downloading one of their episodes. However, after several minutes of listening, this podcast wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. They actually talk about good quality content and give the perspective of servers. 10 out of 10 would listen again. That's really cool, especially the fact that we're providing a little bit of perspective to other people that maybe aren't in our industry. I mean, I know we cater to people in our industry, but it is cool for, you know, everyone goes to restaurants and bars. So it's kind of nice to be, you know, sharing that shoe on the other foot sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I think it's awesome that people that aren't in the industry love what we're doing. So Mm -hmm. hopefully the people that are in the industry really love what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I got another one for, uh, this one's called Insider Edition. Love it. It says, thanks, Tom and Jackie, for bringing us the inside story. It's super cool to hear what happens on the other side. Your guests are amazing. Best podcast ever. That is so nice. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah. We I think our it. guests are the best ever, too. They, they are bar stars. They are bar stars. <laughs> and getting to our next bar star, here we go. Awesome. We are joined today by a very good friend, CEO of FlareBar.com and many, many others, Mr. Rob Husted. How are you, my friend? Doing damn good. It's it's really cool hearing these podcasts over the last couple of weeks and actually seeing you guys and being part of it. So thank you for having me. <laughs> it, Hi, no Rob. problem, man. No problem. We're glad that you actually had the time. You're a pretty busy guy. Yeah, you know, we, we make time when it's important, but I do have one question before we start. The intro, is that your voice, Tom, or is that someone else? That is me. Yeah, because <laughs> it sounds like you and I wasn't sure and like glad to get that out there. Exclusive the right thing, now. The funny thing is, yes, exclusive. I, I uh, Every time you you uh redo something it keeps the track and the track number i think i did it 378 times seriously i because i would take out words i'm like that doesn't sound right delete that doesn't sound right delete and i just you know i hate the sound of my voice or hate it i'm kind of getting used to it now but yeah i was like oh that sounds awful delete 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 and i didn't know what the hell i was doing full disclosure i went to bed i woke up at like four in the morning and i hear like welcome to las vegas and i'm like he's still doing it He's still doing it. I couldn't find the right words. I couldn't find the right anything, but whatever. Uh, the the end result was perfect. And uh, yes, that music is ours. We bought it. It is not Land Rovers. <laughs> it's not Land Rovers. Um, so we are kind of in the middle coming out of COVID. I know um, I had heard recently that uh, Florida kind of lifted restrictions. 
all restrictions. I don't know how true that is in regards to establishments or capacity. Indoors, outdoors. I think. So, yeah. yeah. Tell us. A yeah. Bit about finally, that. Um, Florida went to phase two months ago, um, but unfortunately, Broward, Palm Beach, and Miami, which you know the busy spots, they were still stuck in phase one. You know, with like fifty percent right. capacity, you had to serve food. You couldn't serve over the bar, and it was just just very. Hectic and people were still trying to get, understand the rules and it it put a damper on a lot of businesses being able to make money, but more importantly, bartenders, hospitality people being able to make money. Where if you went mm. to Orlando or or just if you lived in, let's say, Jupiter, Florida, and you went just one exit north, they were open till 4 a.m. and the place was packed and no one was wearing masks and they were just banking. <laughs> right? and it's like, but you're What's literally a mile away and you can't do the same. So it was it was hard. Um that's chaos. It was. And and there was so much pushback from the industry. And, and then it, I think, thank God, the, the the powers that be finally listened and, and opened us back up uh, about a month and a half ago to, to full. Everyone's open, regardless of food, you know, just do the right thing. And, you know, still yeah. we're not even sure what the rules are, but, you know, our staff is still wearing masks. And when people come in, masks aren't required, but recommended. I think that's kind of how we've been. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, even here in Vegas, it changes daily. Yeah, no one's sure what the rules are, and they do change daily. And you have different establishments maybe trying to go above and beyond, I guess. And so, like like you said, you can walk even on the promenade or on the strip. You can go into one bar, and it's one way. You can go to the next bar. It's another way. And, you know, I can understand everybody wanting to be able to make their own choices. But at the same time, for a customer, that's really confusing. And it turns into just a tough experience for them, too. The problem is, is it makes – the bartender server, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It makes us the bad guy because we have to keep telling them, man, I know it sucks, but you got to put your mask on. Otherwise, you're going to be asked to leave. Like, if you enjoy the bar being open, please wear a mask. Otherwise, the bar's not going to be open. Mm-hmm. I hate being that guy, but you have, have to be, to be that you're guy. Right. The bartender's you know? always supposed to be your best friend and the good guy or the good girl, but it does put us in a bad position sometimes. 100%. Um, let's get back to the uh, flarebar.com. Let's... You are the CEO of that. You've been doing that for 20 90, I got involved ish? in 99. And as, mu- as much Holy as people cow. like to believe, I am not the founder. The founder, uh, and you you know them very well, would be uh, Rick Barcode. Really? Yeah. He, he, was the bar, uh, he was the founder. He started this back, I think, when he was in the UK with TGI Fridays. Then came to F- Tampa, Florida with Aaron Connolly and yep. started this little easing along with Bar Magic. I think Bar Magic was literally a month earlier with Tobin Ellis. And then Flairbar.com came out. And the only reason I came across it was I was starting to get into bartending competitions and I wanted to learn as much as I could about it. And I came across this website. First was Bar Magic and then Flairbar.com. Right. And when I was there in 99, May 9th, 99, because I know the day because it changed my life. When I saw the Flair Bartending <laughs> competition, I was just hooked. And I whipped up my video camera, just started videotaping everything. And the guy that won was Rick Barcode. So okay. I, I started following his website and all that. And then yeah, the yeah, following yeah. year, I'm like, oh, I'm going to compete. So I, like, I was trying to get some like advice. So I reached out to him and he was, you know, very, very helpful. Gave me some yeah. advice how to train and, and you know, how to, how to score well in that competition. And needless to say, out of... 20 something competitors. I placed third that year for the first time. That was my second competition nice. ever. So that gave awesome. me the confidence. Like, all right, I, you know, I can do this. There's something here. Yeah. And then fr- it was at that competition. Cause I, 
I've, I've loved video. I love film. I love everything. I love Marvel movies. Um, sure. And so I started videotaping stuff and he needed like, well, I need footage, you know, and content for the website. Well, cool. Like I'm, here's my footage. So I kept going every time we went to competitions, I would film everything. So I would just start writing, you know, comp reviews and then a little more. And then I get more involved and started writing articles. And then it became, it was at the FBA triple challenge in Panama city. We had a talk at the point where I was doing a lot of the work and he wasn't doing right. as much of the yeah. work, but he had a gift of bringing the sponsors in and, and lining those dots up. So we had a talk and like, you know, how do we want to move forward? And we agreed to be 50, 50 partners. And, and then ever since then it was, it was amazing. And then that lasted a good amount of years. And then it was back down a bartender's bash. One of the, one, one of the last years there, it might've been like 2010, 2008, 2008. And uh, we had another come to Jesus moment and we talked and, <laughs> he wasn't doing as much and I was doing, it felt like I was doing sure. everything, but he was again, yeah, always yeah. great with the sponsors. Uh, and he offered me to buy him out and I bought him out and, uh, we had a great year that year of just partying and, and he was a great yeah. guy, bartenders bash. And then ever since then, I just kept it going. And then flare.com was great because you know, back then there was no you know YouTube or all these accessible videos you had. Go ahead. Well, dude, that's what I was going to say. Like I was lucky enough to be featured on it at one point. And, but this is. I mean, pre-Instagram, pre-YouTube, pre-anything. And and I've had people ask me, you know, why have, why have you never put your, your stuff online? And I just never did that. But FlareBar.com was... Well, it wasn't part of the era. No, I mean, I but FlareBar.com was one of the first almost video magazines to cover competitions and people. And it wasn't... I mean, it was Flair. But I mean, it, you would cover yeah. everything, to be honest. Exactly. That's what it evolved into. The niche was Flair. And that's what, what got us into it, because that's what we were passionate about. But think about all these flair bartending right. competitions we're going to legends especially where you'd have to rigorously train how to pour a test you'd have to learn how to speed test you got to do working flair you got to do exhibition right. flair and put on a show it just made you a better bartender overall and then that translated for me behind the bar of being a better bartender overall and that's how we kind of transitioned from flairbar.com to bartend better now because it's not just about flair it's about actually making a good cocktail it's about guest service the 100%. Gift to get, everything so we kind of evolved it from there and that was the transition just looking forward in the future and I think that's the important part to to notice is that it is about total, all-encompassing bar The entire skills. package, absolutely. From from your mm -hmm. attitude all the way up to your skills and drink-making ability and flair and anything else. And um, there was something I saw on Instagram the other day. A company posted, yeah, they posted, um, mm -hmm. do real bartenders flair? And <laughs> Tom, by I way, had to take a second because like, I was like, you know what, like, I would like to, I consider myself a total bartender. I don't consider myself just a flair bartender. So I, I use that to my advantage in my reply. And I said, okay, I'm replying as our podcast. So I need to kind of not come from the personal level. Tone but, it down. <laughs> um, I said, absolutely. I mean, you have, you have, you have flair bartenders that learn classic mixology. You know, you have classic mixologists that are brilliant in, in, in recipes and drink knowledge and they add flair to their repertoire. I said, using me as an example, like I started as a flair guy and I kind of moved into the, the mixology cocktail part of it. Um, and I've won flair competitions and I've won speed and accuracy competitions. If you take the flair away. So to me, I'm like, absolutely. I mean, if it's something else to add to what you can do to offer the guest, that's all it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I mean, I think we've grown into a place where sometimes the sentiment is if you are a flair bartender, you are categorized over here and you actually don't belong in this arena. But 
you guys that have come from all of that training that you just mentioned, that's ridiculous because this is the same arena and that's like the equivalent of having an additional degree. Like you have sure, an additional Sure, I think it's skill. like a, a big and guy it, like Giannis in the NBA now learning how to shoot threes. I mean, you just right. you almost add to your right. your skill set. What can you do? And it makes you more well rounded. Yeah, your skill set and what you can do. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the best flair bartenders of all time. You know, Christian Delpesh and Dario Doimo and Fran- uh, Tomek Malik and Francesco Leone. They're all in the cocktail world now. You know, they've done what they've wanted to in flair and they still do a little bit of flair, but they've kind of moved in the cocktail world now. And I think that's important to know that you can kind of mix and and co-mingle. Oh, 100%. Types. And, like and one the, the crazy thing about it is the flair bartenders, in my opinion, have an advantage right now. Not even right now. We did with this this transition happened already years ago and we're already together now. But think about it. To flare bartender, how many hours right. did you put in the backyard training a day? Six to eight hours a day for competitions and learning, learning, learning to be the best. Your personality oh, became out of it and sure. doing it again at the bar, you gained the confidence. Learning cocktails, you can show me a recipe, I can replicate it and eventually start to learn and tweak it on my own. But learning flair takes so much longer. So the mixologists had a little bit of time. They saw how much fun we were having. Sure. Perfect example. A lot of the competitions, after, before I even get that far, how I got into mixology was at a Legends of Bartending, and we went to the Rio, and their brand new bar downstairs, I-Bar. <laughs> Guess who was probably your cocktail service? Exactly. <laughs> and I, I will never forget, I had a, a cucumber mojito, and it changed my life. I'm like, this, yep. at that time, was oh, groundbreaking. Jesus. Like, this is amazing. And then it got me thinking, like, using ingredients from the back of the house to the front of the house and and really learning about cocktails because at the time those flare bartending competitions were great we learned a lot but honestly we we're making just normal cocktails vodka cranberry cosmos because that's what the sponsor called for and then once i got into mixology i changed my competitions to put a huge emphasis on cocktails where some of the comps like the bartender shakedown was 50 percent was your cocktail 50 percent is what you did on stage right and then it started pushing bartenders to learn more to learn more about the cocktail and mm-hmm. become better bartenders and then it got to the point where in 2013, I founded the the United States Bartenders Guild Palm Beach chapter here in Palm Beach. And okay. then at the first national meeting, I was the first to stand up in front of all the, the presidents and vice presidents of all the chapter and the national thing. And I'm like, first question, I raised my hand, stood up. I'm like, how come you guys don't do the flair bartending comp for, you know, IBA anymore? I'm like, this is ridiculous. So like, okay, you want to do something about it? Do it. Boom, signed up right then and there. Me and Rob Turek created a <laughs> yeah. group and Dave Nepoff was was on there and I was the president. And then we literally within a year later had our first bartending competition and brought that together. And then two years later, we had the nightclub bar. We were there for doing it for like five years. And it was the same yeah. thing, 50% cocktail, 50% flair. And it was great seeing the flair bartenders really put on a show and create the energy. And the place was packed for like, so as far as you can see people and then the mixologist would come up and they would definitely feel a difference of energy because the crowd didn't appreciate what they did like the flare bartenders did so the flare bartenders sure. really got into what they were doing and incorporated that so they learned from each other and then the following year every year since then you would see the mixologist throw a little bit of flair in there like with the bar spoons and jigger flare yeah. and and the flare yeah. bartenders are making better cocktails so it just it's we're we're not on separate sides anymore and i want to say like when people say you're a flare bartender i'm like fuck that i'm a bartender well you know Right. As Christian Delpe says, we all, like we all clean ashtrays. I just make cocktails and just hopefully you have some fun while you're here. <laughs> love it. It's funny because it. we do. We see a little bit of that here still in Vegas. And I would love to be part of breaking that mold, especially because, Tom, you say that all the time. Like, I don't want to be labeled. This is just what I do. And 
But obviously, you know, when you have that entire skill set behind a bar, you have more repeat guests, you make more money, you have more fun, your customers love it. I mean, it's a big, you can see it. There's no denying it. Oh, 100%. And I think it's on, uh, you know, managers and companies to actually know that the people they have in those positions can actually do that. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody's the same. Not all bartenders are made equal. And there is a, a group of people, no matter how big the group is worldwide, that do take what they do passionately. And they do bartend better now and they try to every day to be the best at their craft. I mean, that leads us to this website, Bartend Better Now, and that's mainly focused on training. Um, education. It, it's free education. education. It's, it's when, when Rick Rick and I- Ooh, free. Yeah, Rick and I <laughs> put it together. It's like, <laughs> we were like, do we do we charge a subscription service? Do we do a premium side? Do we have the sponsors pay for it? And he was, like, he was pushing for it. And I, was, I wasn't sold on it at the time, but now it makes sense. And he, again, he was a great mentor of mine and he had his mindset for business where let's, let's make it free to the, to the masses and we'll, we'll get the money off the sponsors because the sponsors have the money and let's give the education to the people. And because of that, we, because it was free, we had so many people contributing across the world, you know, how to, how to make better cocktails, how to free pour, how to do molecular mixology, you know, how to start your own business and how to open up a bar. It, it, was, it was, it was amazing. And just sure. it's something I'm very, very proud of. And, and something at the same time is one of those I wish I had more time for because in the last couple of years I kind of just let it sit there and it's it's yeah. it's amazing like it still gets a crap ton of hits every month and it hasn't really been updated in three years but it's uh, if anybody wants to write an article <laughs> feel free to reach out to me um, about anything bartending and just you know it's 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 a great resource it's like I said we did that in '99. And it's, it's just stopped getting updated a couple of years ago, and there's just so much free content out there. I think that's so cool because one of the greatest qualities, honestly, for anybody in any profession, but especially ours, is that drive to always want to learn more, that that instinct to, okay, I can always better myself. And so to have a resource like that available, whether it's been updated or not, I mean, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Um, talk to us a little bit about cocktails for hire. Ah, Do you still operate yeah. that? Or not you wearing the shirt right now? Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Good call. Um, Very cool. yeah, it was, that was, I do my research. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> that was another thing. Uh, when I first started, uh, bar wars, bar wars, LSC, it was in 99. And the reason why I, which by the way, I've heard is one of the best competitions I never got. Uh, to go to. It, it was months and months of work, but it was, uh, it was so amazing each year evolving. And, and, and it was only because of the people that came out and more importantly, the people that came out to, to work the event. And some did it for free. Some got paid, you know, Amanda Ashcraft, Josh Gates, JD Spradlin, Jordan Medic, like those people I couldn't have done it without. Like this competition only got better every year because we would go to like tales of the cocktail and all these other events and see what they did. And when I first learned about spirited right. dinners, I'm like, this is amazing. We're going to do this next year with us. And, and you know, we didn't know the ins and outs, but we just pushed through it. And Josh and I just always did it. And it was great. So it, it turned in from like a one day event to a two day event to like a three day event. And it's just, just awesome. But yeah. the, uh, for bar Wars started out back in 99, I had to create the company because I wanted to put on my first flare bartending competition, but liquor companies, couldn't give money to a bar. And I was doing it for the bar to help, you know, build up sales. So I'm like, you got to have like this third party advertising company or marketing company. So I'm like, all right. So right. created, con- yeah, con- contacted a lawyer, created an LLC, got it done. I'm like, cool, let's do this. And then that's how we got that done. I'm like, oh, cool. Now we're doing competitions. And then 
I learned of the tax benefits of writing stuff off and, and saving receipts because in this business, we, yeah. we spend a lot. But imagine going to a bar and be able to write part of that off because you're always learning. You're always researching. No matter what bar you go to, you're always going to learn something, whether it be a new recipe, a new guest, or a new friend. Sure. Um, so from that, I'm like, well, how can we have other streams of revenue now? So then we started – we did – competitions. Then we turn into event staffing, drink development, and advanced bartender training. Because I didn't want to waste my time training just someone how to learn how to bartend. I wanted you to have that passion first mm-hmm. and then want that pa- that, right. that hunger to knowledge to learn how to become better. And that's when I would take you and mold you and, and take you to the next level. And then from borrowers, that went on for many years. I'm like, all right, cool. So now I have this stream of revenue. How do we do that now where in, along what we said earlier, like, well, I don't want to be labeled as a mixologist or a flair bartender. You know, how do we, how do we group everybody right. together without offending anybody? Well, we all make cocktails. So instead of bartender mm-hmm. for hire, cocktails for hire. So now you don't offend anybody, but from there, then you can pick, I want a mixologist. I want a speed bartender. I want a showmanship. So from there, right. they kind of grouped in there and that's how that evolved. That is so cool. That's awesome. Right now, currently you are working Tiki Ono. Uh, t- it's a pretty interesting concept. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about um, that. Before we get into that, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, RX Plus Massage and Erica Krupp. Yes, I know we talk about her a lot, but we believe in her service. She and her therapists uh, are an amazing team. They're doing amazing things, keeping our bodies healthy and physically working for us. Uh, So if you're in the Vegas area or if you're not in the Vegas area and you come into town, make sure you... Uh, visit RX Plus Massage on Instagram, click the link and book a massage. You will not regret it. They are also very active in the community. They do giveaways for the homeless and the needy. She will give our listeners a discount if you've never booked with her before. Uh, Just make sure you book your massage. And when you arrive, mention that you are a bar star and she will give you 10 bucks off. So pretty cool. Get your ass down there. (laughs) Do it. Self-care matters. She'll fix your shit for sure. We're going a little past five years now, and it first came about when I was working at a, a high-volume nightclub called Off the Hook in West Palm Beach. Uh, they, they really employed flair bartenders and putting on a show and going over the top, as well as scantily clad female bartenders wearing next to nothing and sure. had a little something for have, everybody. Those, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Variety. Um, <laughs> so Josh Sagman came in. He was a local promoter in the area, and he brought this guy named Lee Lipton, and you wanted like, you got to check this guy out, check this guy out, and they came to my bar. And I think I was doing the middle of like a a fire showcase. So we stopped the music for like, you know, three minutes and put on a show to get people off the dance floor to the bar to start ordering drinks and then back to create that energy again. Right. And then I started making drinks and I was still doing, you know, a high volume bar, but still making craft cocktails with like torch time and cucumbers and and just knocking drinks out. And they're like, this is amazing. Like, we want you to work for us. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, here's my card. One of those things. Like, you you get that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) The the good thing with them is they were really persistent. So I'm like, okay. Couple months went by, like, let me go check this place out. So I went there, it's right on the beach on Lake Worth Beach on the pier. And I sat in the corner one random Sunday and just was like, the place is packed. The bartenders are buried and there's so much potential here. They have no idea. I can just feel that energy from your story. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) I feel like I'm I'm like, okay, we had another meeting. Like, all right, so cool, (laughs) let's do this. And we we worked out a deal, um, which I was inspired from the guys from um, Broken Shaker down in Miami, where you would create a pop-up on someone's uh, restaurant space or hotel space where you use their liquor license, their insurance, their everything. Right. But you have the benefits of opening your own bar, branding it, staffing it, marketing it, creating your cocktails without all the overhead. That's a really and cool I, idea. I, I could have done it without those guys being inspired. So that's why I presented to them. They jumped on. All right, cool. Let's do this. 
Um, and then I thought, cool, now for concept, what do we do? What do we do? We're by the beach, we're this, we're that. And then I was just starting to get into Tiki then. And the one thing that attracted me to Tiki was I felt like Tiki bartenders were rebels. They would they yeah. would have fun, you know, behind the bar, break the mold, but still make great cocktails. Kind of like flair bartenders were considered rebels at that time. I'm like, so I kind of associated mm-hmm. right. the two. So I'm like, well, let's do a cool tiki bar, but not so tiki where it's like kitschy and in your face and over marketed, cheesy, cheesy yeah. yeah, but still have some flair and fun. And let's let's just knock out good cocktails on the beach. And that's what we did. And it was the definition of a pop up bar. We popped up folding tables, tents. Uh, the first year we were open. We had no running water, no electricity, no refrigeration, and we won second best craft cocktail bar in Palm Beach County for a pop-up oh, really? bar. We're like, how the hell did this happen? And then we look back wow. like, we're not doing anything special. We're making good cocktails. We're not making great cocktails, but we're giving great service. And that's where it came about is if you're on your beautiful right. scenery, you're on the beach, you're getting great service. I can make you a craft cocktail, but you're still going to have a good time. Right. That is that is so awesome to hear because I truly I mean I think not everyone gets it but you know how that experience made you feel like mm-hmm. if we went to your pop up bar I would still talk about it to this day and I know it and yeah I don't know that I would remember whether I had like a gin and tonic or like a cucumber mojito right but the way you made me feel the way that experience happened that's what matters that's the magic I think that's everything that's what you take away from it because that's yeah. that's what's important yeah and and. And Tiki's tough, man. Like that, if you're looking at a uh, yep. <laughs> um, a theme for a bar, from theme all the way through cocktails, Tiki's something that a lot of people mess up. It's it's so hard. It's and hard. Thank God, um, when we really started getting into after that, we're like, all right, cool. We need to like learn more about Tiki. So we reached out to Jeff right. Beach Bumberry, um, and he was a great connection. We met through Real Ingredients and those guys at Finest Call, and he was very helpful. His app is amazing. That was where we got a lot of inspiration from. And you're right. Tiki cocktails are like six, seven, ten ingredients at a time with some certain stuff, and it's sure. intricate. And they got to be balanced. They got to yeah, be, I mean. It's, a, it's, it's roller coaster yeah. of flavors. So that's what we focused on is we did tropical cocktails, which were like four ingredients max. So two hands, two hands, boom, cocktails done, turn and burn. And then we also specialize in tiki cocktails. And we had a nice section of three cocktails from Trader Vic and three cocktails from Beach um, uh, Don the Beachcomber. So it gave a little bit of tiki history without throwing it in your face. So cool. I like it. I want to check it out. And and then uh, as a little update, last year, we finally – a couple years ago, we finally got running water and refrigeration – running water and electricity, (laughs) no refrigeration. And last year, we won ninth best cocktail bar in Browder and Palm Beach County. So we're still still just killing it. And I just – Thank you wow. for everyone that, that came in and voted. But again, it's just all about giving good service. It's so funny to be that successful and not have running water. Yeah. That's amazing. We do have a, <laughs> that is the yeah, we do have a sink now awesome. because health department came in and said, hey, you guys need a sink. So we spent five grand on a nice portable sink. But uh, yeah. the good go. thing is I just literally today just had a meeting about uh, now finally building a semi-permanent bar and refrigeration is in the plan. So hopefully we finally get that third missing component. Woohoo, a cooler. This is great. <laughs> yeah. As long as people are happy, that's all that matters. Um, how about a story about who your favorite celebrity guest to serve is? Do I you have, have two. One? Ooh, I'll, two. I'll start off with the short two. one because that's the most embarrassing one. <laughs> Love embarrassing stories. Um, I was at Club Safari, uh, flare bartending, high volume bar, just knocking out cocktails, flaring, having a good time. I know you guys can see this and it's going to be hard to kind of explain it. But uh, that one move where you have your mm-hmm. bottle, let's say in my right hand and it's in my left and I, I go behind my head like this. And kind of exchanged bottles from right to left. Well, doing this move, when I went behind my head and kind of like whipped it around, 
the pour spout came out. So I still had the pour spout. Oh. The bottle went flying, and it rarely <laughs> happens, across the bar and hit this guy right in the chest, and the bottle dropped. I'm like, fuck. Stopped yeah. what I was doing, walked over. Oh, like He picked it up. Wow. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Please, can I get you a drink? Are you okay? He's like, bro, don't worry about it. It never happened. Had this weird accent. I'm like, shook my hand. <laughs> like, all right, cool. So I made... You know what? Thank Finished you. the drink that I was making. Came back and, and at that time we were able to drink at the bar. So I bought him a shot. Him and I did a shot to find out it was the the male host from the show, The Weakest Link, and he was just so cool about it. Oh, yeah. shut up! I was, oh I was expecting to say you all the weakest link, but he didn't. <laughs> right? Yeah, but he was just so cool about it. Like, thank God! And that's one of the few times a bottle actually went over the bar for me. Um, and this. Was it? Let me ask you a question. Was it an absolute bottle? Because I've had that happen with absolute bottles a couple of times. You know. You know what? Yeah, you're it, not a fan. It, it might have um, been because I, absolute <laughs> the Porsche yeah, the absolute don't fit. was like, one of our big sponsors for for bar wars comps at yeah. that time. So I would push the hell out of it. So it, you know what? I think it was. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody from Absolute listens, hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah, you could be, but fix the top of your bottle so that a pour spot actually make it fits easier for securely. bartenders to sell your product. That's simple. <laughs> there you go. Um, and and then the second one would be. Um, when I did the, the music video, it's five o'clock somewhere with Alan Jackson and Jimmy Buffett and just making. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, making cocktails for him on set. It was I was a I was a little starstruck, but at the time I didn't know who he was until afterwards. So I just knew he was important and he was just so humble. Which one? Alan Jackson or yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett? Buffett wasn't on set because they filmed him stuff, his stuff in a concert in Indiana the next day. But Alan Jackson was right there sitting in front of me the whole time. Uh, and he oh, was just so funny. humble. He came up to me twice and just, you know, shook my hands. Like, just really want to thank you for doing this. Like, this is awesome. And no idea how big the, the music video is going to be or the song and, and still get a kick out of it when they play it's five o'clock somewhere at Tiki Ono, because we have a one man band. He plays it twice a day. And I still just get a little kick out of it every time it comes oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so fun. Yeah. Periodically we, uh, Ask our guests to leave us, especially when they're into cocktail mixology and stuff like that. Um, leave us with a cocktail of the day or the week or the month or uh, just the, the Rob Husted uh, cocktail that you would like to have our listeners try if they can. Yeah. Your favorite flavors. Yeah. I, I can, I, I'll give you the one that I just worked on recently. And when I say recently, like this is the last one I've kind of put together with a little over a month ago. It was actually for a competition from 44 North. Uh, where I saw on social media, they're okay. asking for a brand ambassador and they're asking for submissions and the top five submissions are going to get it flown out to Boise, Idaho and Boise, kind of battle out to be the brand ambassador for that. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this sounds fun. Yeah. Out of who? Out of what? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. But what sold me on it was during the presentation of this, you know, those one minute video they're talking about, it's like, so go out there, flip some bottles, make oh. some cocktails and show us your flair. And they had pictures of, of bartenders flipping bottles. I'm like, oh, so you want a flair bartender? <laughs> That can make cocktails. I know a guy. <laughs> You're like, I got this. I got this. Yeah. So so I submitted within like, uh, I think the deadline was September, the last day in September. So I submitted two days before that, came up with the cocktail. And then to find out, it looks like they didn't really have that many submissions. So they extended it till the Halloween. So that just ended. So hopefully now they have enough submissions yeah. uh, where I'm not shooting myself in the ass right now. And hopefully someone else doesn't compete. <laughs> but, uh, but the cocktail I made was called uh, an 88 special. The reason why is because there's two different 44 Norse in there. Gotcha. It's uh one ounce, 44 North sunny slope nectarine vodka, 
half ounce of 44 North Huckleberry Vodka. Interesting. Uh, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, one ounce of simple syrup. Masters of Mixes is amazing. And a uh, half ounce of aquafaba. Now, aquafaba might scare you. Like, what is that? Basically, that's just the water found in canned garbanzo beans or chickpeas. Right. You can use it instead of egg whites to get that emulsification. It's great for vegans that want like a, a good sour, a foam cocktail. And then shake that with one Earl Grey tea packet. Do a dry shake. Shake that up. Then add some ice. Shake that up. And then double strain that with a fine mesh strainer cr- topped with some cracked black pepper. Delightful. Really, really delightful. It's it's great for women. It's great for guys. And it just looks classy in a nice coupe glass. It starts off a little sweet, but then that black pepper on top just dries it out right away. And just like, you want to go back and order another one and order another one. Nice. I love it. That sounds amazing. Makes you thirsty. And Tom loves a good coupe glass. Ne- yeah. I do. I do. Nectarine and huckleberry, huh? Yeah, I was. I was. You know, I, I was, figure like the the orange, the pear, and the the citron are played out. Let's go some <laughs> some different flavors for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I was stuck on it for a while. Like I kept like I was. It was close. It was close. I didn't like. There, I needed one more thing to kind of bring it over the top. And then I was like, well, what if we combine the huckleberry? Because I didn't want to use the huckleberry because that's their most popular one. And I was like, I want to do something different to stand out. Right. But when I put that little bit of huckleberry in there, I'm like, it just worked. And then I looked in the flavor Bible and I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Those two are perfect pairings together. That's why it works. Nice. Validation. <laughs> yeah. Man, how often do you actually look back at what flavors go in? I know I do all the time. I have a flavor profile thing and I go back and I say, okay, what will go with what? Mm. And it's amazing when you actually just combine things that you think will taste like shit and then all of a sudden it's wow Natural. these are really good actually they yeah. play off each other right. really well now now what's your like for me i have a couple ways when i make cocktails like one's out of necessity like cool I, i'm gonna i gotta make some with this or i'm in the, the grocery store I'm like or in the pantry i'm like i'm gonna have this it's gonna go bad i'm gonna make something with this or when i first taste like a spirit by itself i'm like i close my eyes and i taste it i feel like oh my god it's it's begging for this it needs something so that's right. how i kind of start but what's your process yeah um honestly i i if i'm making them for myself I know what I like, but if I'm making them for people at the bar, um, when I work at a bar that has a lot of different flavor profiles and things that are available, I kind of like to ask them, what do you like? Um, if I'm making a drink menu, yeah, then I will kind of do the more, I will taste the product and I'll taste the product and say, okay, um, what could lighten this up or what, or what could really enhance these flavors or what would, mm. you know, what, but I like fresh. I don't like to necessarily do like, um, you know, the old, the old bartenders thing is like, if you don't know, just make it red. That, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But I think now when you're making a menu, I think you have to have, it has to have an inspiration. It has to come from something. It has to, um, what do you want the person to actually feel when they take that first drink and they're like, ah, that's what I wanted. That's what I want. When I want to drink tequila, that's the flavor I want. Or when I want to drink bourbon, this is what I want to taste. Or um, mm-hmm. that's just kind of the the route that I go. But um, you know, I think making a menu is, is different than, like you said, on the fly. Um, when you got someone at the bar and says, "Make me something really good," or "Make me something special," or whatever it is. Half the time, I make something for somebody. I, they're like, "What is it?" And I'm like, "I'm not telling you," because then <laughs> yeah. if they if they like it, they say it's amazing. They got to come back to me. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, you had gin in this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And there's people that there's people that don't like gin and 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 Jaeger and Fernet and Campari and there's people that don't like these things. But if you know what you're doing and how to mix them and blend them, that they won't even know. They will say they don't like it, but half the time somebody has never had it before. They just Properly. have this preconceived notion in their head like, "Ew, no." I was just going to say simply from observing you, Tom, but even for me, I mean, 
typically you will always have that one spirit that things are based off of, right? Like if I say, oh, I really love like raspberry or whatever it is for me, like Tom will turn around. And I'm only saying this just because of the bar we are in right now. And like, you know, the Ciroc Redberry staring at you. And it's like, okay, I'll start with this. And then you can create some magic. But for us lately, just, and I mean, I know you guys will hear the episode before that came out, but I'm, I ask Tom all the time, like, do you remember that time we went here? And like you said, it's this feeling, it's this thing. It's like, oh, it was Christmas time in San Francisco. And he'll do the whole like warm cinnamon, honey sort of thing. And so there it's like, there is no real spirit base. It's just, how does it make you feel? Yeah. You know, two totally different things. Hmm. See, it's funny. I didn't realize it until you just said this now, Tom, but I guess when I make cocktails for people at the bar and for myself for a competition, I do it two totally different ways. And the reason why is when I'm doing it for myself or for a competition, I have more time to play with it and, and tweak it and think oh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. When I'm at the bar and I, I want to do high volume, this is what I teach our bartenders. I want to just turn and burn, knock it up, but still give you a tailored experience. So I do something I learned from Dean Cernils at, at an old event we used to do called Mixology Matters. It's all about you know cocktails, which he learned from Philip Duff was that uh, flavor taste taste access grid. So if you, if you can put this in perspective, like think of like four quadrants, like four boxes, right? And in those four boxes, mm-hmm. you're going to have sweet, sour, strong, and weak. So when someone comes to the bar and says, dealer's mm-hmm. choice or make me something, I ask them two questions. First one is, do you want something sweet, sour, strong, or weak? Nine out of 10 times, they say, give me something sweet and strong, right? right. So, you know, <laughs> right. from, from mm-hmm. that grid now, you can like, boom, put a pin in it. All right, sweet and strong. I have a cocktail. Now I have a profile for you, right? Or give me something weak and sweet. Boom. I got another profile or sour and strong. Boom, like a whiskey sour. Now I'm getting a profile from you opposed to just, well, what do you normally drink? Whiskey. Well, I'm going to rehash a whiskey cocktail. I normally drink sure. margaritas. I'm going to make you a, a different margarita. No, I'm going to give you an experience, something tailored for you. Right. And the second question I follow up with is, mm-hmm. is there any flavors you don't like? And That's that- another thing I actually use with people mm-hmm. do. I said, what don't you like? Yeah, you do. Because then, if I go, if right. you're telling me to freestyle and I go and make this bomb cocktail and I bring it back to you and you're like, oh, this is the one thing I don't drink. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Co- coconut's the biggest one people don't like for some reason, which blows my mind. Yeah. But, you know, you know we're at a tiki bar, right? But that's, it's fine. We still make it work. <laughs> so within those three seconds, now you have a profile of what to make this person without taking up too much time and still give them a tailored experience. And that's something we even put on the menu. It's called bartender's choice. Like have the bartender tailor yeah. make a cocktail to your our conversation. I love having that on the menu because then you encourage that conversation and you encourage bartenders to yeah, utilize that. You empower skill. bartenders to feel confident with their skills as well. Right. And I, and I love mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Um, love that asking someone whether or not what profile they like because um, there's a lot of aspects. So there's sweet, sour, uh, salty. Um, refreshing. There's a lot of refreshing, yeah. light. Um, yeah. There's a lot of different ways to do that. I can imagine people throw words at you too mm-hmm. that you're not used to, like spicy. I've had people ask me, like I had this drink one time down in Florida and I was at this resort and I was on my honeymoon, I this and that, and this was the best drink I ever had. And I'll say, okay, um, do you remember what the base was? You know, do you, was it rum? Was it vodka? Was it this? What did it taste like? And how many times these people actually can't tell you what the drink tasted like? But it was amazing. It was the best drink they ever had. Yep. I want people to remember what this drink I make them taste like. You know, I want them to feel like, okay, this is what it was, and this was the best drink I ever had. Let's play a game really fast. So Tom and I are sitting at your bar. Mm-hmm. What would you make? Oh, I'm going to let Tom go first. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Weak and strong, sweet or sour, but then what, like, give them a word. Yeah. What would you make? I love hey, it. Hey, Tom, you want something sweet, sour, strong, or weak? <laughs> um, not weak. Um, I will do... I, <laughs> okay. I will do uh, strong and sour. Strong and sour. Any flavors you don't like? No. All right, done. All right, so I would probably make you, because uh, I know you like bourbon from my uh, listen to other yep. po- podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would make you something I call Tennessee tea, which is an ounce and a half of Jack Daniels, half ounce of peach schnapps, sour mix, and then top with ginger and a squeeze of lemon. It's strong, it's sour, but it goes down so damn good. Sold. That sounds like a yeah. golf course cocktail for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah from West Palm Beach, you get surrounded by it. golf courses. <laughs> All right, Jackie, you're up. Okay, I will say... I will say weak and sour, but I really like spicy things. Ooh, okay. Any flavors you don't like? Cilantro. <laughs> ah, okay. I was going to go cilantro. I'm glad there you, you said that. I'm trying to challenge you, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in that case, fuck. See, cilantro would have been the easy play with a little bit of mango in there. Ooh, um, mango sounds so good. You said weak and sour. Okay, so I would probably do... Weak and... Vodka. Okay. Vodka passion fruit and mango together yes. with a little bit of lime and ginger beer love it almost like a, a passion fruit mule See, i like it this is cool i actually made a drink similar to that one time we had a, a a passion a spicy passion fruit syrup at the bar and i played with yeah. that for like yeah. a week passion fruit's great because it's sweet and sour but the mango with the passion fruit tends to bring out the sweetness yeah. of both of them more that's awesome i'm thirsty now I love it. Isn't that funny? Cilantro is just something, by the way, I don't even like spicy shit at all. However, that cocktail sounds amazing. <laughs> I, cilantro is a funny thing. You either love it or you hate this it. Whole, yes. And there's science behind it, right? Like you, yeah. you, you carry a certain gene or something. Yeah. And you're, Josh Gates, who I was talking about, who I remember one of the, the spirited dinners we did one time for, uh, for Summer Flare. Uh, for one of the Barwars comps, uh, it had cilantro, that cocktail, cilantro, mango, absolute vodka, something else. And he's like, I hate it. I'm like, why? He goes, well, I just hate cilantro. I'm like, how do you hate cilantro? He's like, it tastes like soap. I'm like, you're crazy. This is amazing. <laughs> it does. It tastes like dirt, spicy dirt. I don't know what it is. So bad. Anyway. Okay, that's fun. Oh, let's play another game. So. Build the seat. You get three dream guests at your bar. Dead or alive, real, real or fake, but not family members. This is a, this is a non-family affair here. Who would you choose? I, I it's funny because I, I go bike riding a lot after work because that's my one form of exercise, and I've listened to podcasts mm-hmm. and yours being lately, and I've heard this played a couple times. So I'm like, all right, so I got to prep for this, got to prep for this. So I had some yeah. time to think about it. <laughs> so I would love to kind of just have three different people at my bar, but give back and and kind of bring it full circle with two two of them being mentors to me. Yeah, one would be. Okay. Rick Barcode or Deborah now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other would be Brian Lucmus, who was a huge mentor for me with doing competitions. And when I put on my first competition and, and asking sponsors for money and product and POS, I had no idea what I was doing at the time other than what I saw being a competitor. And he asked me, actually walked me through the process of, well, this is what they're going to want to see. They want to see depletions. They want to see this. And, and so he helped me become that. And then he'd always helped me throughout the years. And it was him, him and Rick were just great mentors. Rick, the business side and Brian, the, the brand side and learning and understanding what they want. Um, and then the third one would be, it would just be a dream to me is just bringing it all back together. Flair, mixology, bartending, entertainment, everything would be Jerry, the professor Thomas. There you go. Just, yeah. just seeing, you know, what he would do and what he would appreciate and what, how he, he was like the first rock star bartender of the times, right? right. He, he was like on the cover of like Sports Illustrated, if there was Sports <laughs> Illustrated back then. And just to hear the stories he would have to share and, and just, you know, 
just that banter back and forth with the mentors there. I just, I just, that would be a dream for me. And even with all the product out oh, now, that's like what yeah. would he do with them? What yeah. would he come up with? You know? And, uh, Jerry Thomas is blue blazer fame. Yep. Entertaining, great cocktail, everything. He was a rock star. Probably the first flair bartender. Yeah. He was, the, he was he, the funny. He's credited to be the first flair bartender that we all know of. And he's also credited to be one of the most, uh, amazing mythologist that came about at the time. So he's he lives in both worlds and he's the ultimate bartender. That's so cool. That sounds like the most amazing collaboration session. Yeah. To do that would be awesome. Tom, what if we narrowed it to bartenders? Like, let's have you answer the question. If you could have three bartenders at your bar. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why why didn't you say me? Why didn't you say me? My feelings are hurt. I wasn't on um, your list. <laughs> But I like this question because it, it's cool. That's a definitely a different experience. Like we always say, when you go into a bar, it's different when you have guests that know your industry. It's different when you are in the industry and you are a guest. So yeah, I like that question. Who would you choose? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say one. I'm going to have to think of some other ones, but I will say Sam Malone from oh, Cheers. Uh, he went <laughs> definitely want him. I want to be at his bar or him at my bar. His wisdom sure. every episode. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's one show that you can just put on rerun over and over, and you can see the same episode a hundred times, and it's just, it's still good. Yeah. Classic. Well, listen, brother, you are the total package, bro. I mean, keep keep doing what you're doing uh, down in West Palm, and I want to definitely see you soon. I think you're coming to Vegas. I'll be there next week um, celebrating Josh Gates' birthday, so I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Awesome. Yay! Awesome. We will definitely uh, get together, man, and thank you so much for spending time with us, man. We really appreciate it. I'm, I'm so happy to reconnect with you. It's been sure. fun. I haven't seen you or talked to you in a while, so this has been great. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you guys for everything. And one thing that didn't come up, and uh, I'm going to throw it in there at the end because I was promised myself I would. Oh, do uh, 100%. I'm proud of two accomplishments when it came to flair bartending. 2004 being the most accurate bartender in the world at Legends of Bartending. Congratulations. Two- ah, thank you. My bar manager was happy at the time. Threw out the jigger right after that. <laughs> oh, <I'm sure. laughs> 2005 being second best American flair bartender, 11th in the world, right behind the first American flair bartender, Mr. Tom Alley. Oh, yay. My man. I remember, quick story, I remember, I believe it was Quest, and you and I, there was like an international invasion, and you and I were the only two American bartenders to make the finals, and we're sitting here just like, okay, man, like we're wearing the red, white, and blue bandanas, (laughs) and just, I mean, we got to rock this thing, and I think we got the whole place chanting USA, USA, I mean, honestly, it gives me goosebumps now to think about it, that was really cool. That's cool, that's awesome. That was really cool. Yay. My man. Good times, brother. Thank you so much, man. Uh, come back anytime. We're gonna be in. We're gonna talk again. For yeah, sure. definitely. Good luck with the Tiki Ono, and uh, we're gonna come. Uh, we're, we're coming to West Palm. Yeah, we're by coming the way. down to I West Palm. I love West Palm. Palm. Sure. I'm seeing you guys next week, so I'm holding you to it after that. Cool. Sounds Deal. good, buddy. Well, thanks again, man. Talk to you soon. Rob is one of the coolest guys. I've known him for so long, and uh, it's just really cool to kind of touch base with him and see how they're doing it in West Palm Beach. Yeah, uh, I mean, Florida's my stomping grounds, so. That's true. I love it. I miss the beach. I think it sounds like a dream to have a little pop-up bar on the beach. That I think that is the bartender's dream, is to have a little tiki hut on the bar, on the beach, making cocktails for people that just come up off their boats and working in the sun all day, every day, and just sun up to sundown. That's awesome. Sounds like that bar in Jamaica from the movie Cocktail. 
Yes. It sounds like cocktail, actually. You're probably living the movie. <laughs> Live the dream. You are Tom Cruise in cocktail. By Cocktails the way. and dreams. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, you guys, thanks for listening. This has been a really fun happy hour. Uh, we're so glad you joined us today. As always, check us out at barstarspodcast.com. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review that really helps us get seen. And we truly appreciate it. Yeah, we love hearing from you and what you guys think. We are also, just now this week, we are on uh, TuneIn and Alexa. So mm-hmm. you can just tell Alexa while you're cleaning or cooking or whatever, hey, Alexa, play Bar Stars Happy Hour, and she'll play it. So it's a pretty cool deal. Alexa, she's a, she's a good lady. That's my girl. Yeah. Geez. That's my girl. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Cheers. Don't you freaking hate it when someone orders a double Long Island with light ice? Ugh.